My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, May 7th. NFL draft in the rearview mirror. We've done a lot of unpacking this week over at FTNFantasy.com. In terms of everything that we've seen, and uh, I'm super proud of the FTN Fantasy rookie scouting guide. That's our PDF. I did it pre-draft and updated that bad boy, that sun gun, after the draft. Uh, it was uh, it was a labor of love, to say the least, but I'm really excited about the product over there. And if you want to get in, you can use the promo code RATPACK for a discounted subscription over there at FTNFantasy.com. But I'm going to give you a little taste of what we have in the Rookie Fantasy Scouting Guide on the show today. A little rookie review. We'll talk some Dynasty draft strategy if you have a rookie draft coming up, maybe even this weekend. And I'll break down my top players for you in uh, this year's rookie drafts. Before I get to that, of course, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites, that's because on monkeyknifefight.com there are no salary caps, you don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course football. Monkey Night Fight has it all, and you know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has. A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, well, you'll get a, your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you'll be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. I've said this before. A great way of helping this podcast out is by going and just using that promo code. You know, get your money. Try it out. If you win, you win. Maybe you like it. Maybe you win a little bit more. If you don't, it's not like it's a ton of money anyway, right? $50, match that. Get you up to 100. Promo code RANT. All right, so let's talk some rookie draft strategy, which I'll be honest with you. When it comes to rookie drafts, I think there is a major mistake that most people will make in their rookie drafts, and that is drafting for need as opposed for drafting the best player, especially early. Now, I get it, like, fourth, fifth round, whatever. Honestly, it's all darts at that point anyway. Like, the value falls off dramatically by the time you get there, and you're lucky, and you should know, you probably do know, that you're lucky if you hit on a fourth or a fifth round pick in a rookie draft. It's just rare. But your premium picks, I mean, your success rate is a lot higher with those guys, and you really need to prioritize hitting with them as opposed to drafting for need. So like let's say like you're you're weak at quarterback and you're picking fifth overall in your rookie draft, one quarterback league, not not a super flex. And you say, I'm gonna draft Trevor Lawrence, or if you like Trey Lance more, whoever. Well, I think that'd be a mistake. Now, I still have those guys' as first round talents this year, and I'll talk about that later, but I do have several other players ahead of them. And what you did essentially is you reached because you dra- you know you needed to or you wanted to address that position. So you reached, you passed up on a better player. And what ends up happening is this really interesting feedback loop. People who draft for need then create a situation where they need to draft for need. Like in the future, you're going to continue to have to draft for need as opposed to drafting the best player on your board in a rookie draft because you're not going to have a lot of options. In fact, this year... 
If I look at guys who I'm really happy with, there's 11 of them. And guys who I'm comfortable with, there's 21 of them. After that, it gets really dicey. So if I'm lucky, I get three of those guys. If I'm extremely lucky and drafting with a bunch of slappies, I get four of them, but there's no way that, not even with a bunch of slappies, there's, there's no way. So I get three of those guys if I'm lucky, probably getting two of those guys. You know, I want the best possible of those guys then if I'm only getting two of them. I don't want to draft for need. Drafting for need creates a situation where then you need to draft for need in the future. And you're always going to be rebuilding as opposed to drafting the best possible players. Now, also, though, we got to be thinking in a three-year window, and that means across the board on our roster, that doesn't just mean with the guys in this year's rookie class. It means the guys currently on our roster. Last year, you would have thought I would have said that this guy was green. <laughs> is, is that what color it is? When I said that we should be trading away guys like Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, the reason for it's simple, though. The worst possible scenario I've ever been in in Dynasty Leagues is if I don't trade away a veteran player and said veteran player either gets to the point where he's going to retire or gets to the point where he is no longer fantasy relevant. At that point, you can't roster that guy anymore. He's not a starting element for you anymore. And you really, you know, again, he's eating up a roster spot. So what do you do? You cut him. When you cut that player, what do you get off of waivers? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much that. Pretty much nothing. I mean, yeah, you're going to get like a fifth string wide out or something like that. You're not getting anything in return. So you just, you're, the overall quality of your dynasty roster just went down in a big way over that couple year span. As opposed to jumping off of that player, and I know last year would have been jumping off of Aaron Jones a year early or maybe more, and jumping off of Derrick Henry, obviously, a year right before he has a 2,000 yard season. But what did you get in return? Because you were still selling relatively high. And it's hard to time a dynasty trade at the absolute apex of that career arc. It really is. So I'd rather be a little bit early than a little bit late. I'd rather be on the upslope of the career arc than the downslope because you're going to get more in return. So what do you get in return? You get maybe rookie picks. You get maybe some uh, young players. And let's be clear, just because you have rookie picks doesn't mean that they're going to turn into anything. You know, for for every standout player, you get the Laquan Treadwells of the world. You get the Hakeem Butlers of the world. You get the Josh Doxons of the world. I know, Dynasty Nightmares right here. But you still got to take those shots, right? You're not going to make it if you don't take it. So you're still taking those shots, and yes, you're you're recognizing your hit rate's not going to be 100%. But but still, you get those picks. You're with the objective of getting younger, as opposed to I'm going to run a guy into a ground in the ground. I'm going to cut him, and then I'm going to pick up you know some schmell. That's not going to work. That guaranteed is not going to work. Now you may be somebody who's really skilled at trading. If that's you, you do you, dog. Not all of us can. Uh, certainly hang in those circles, but some people really excel in that area. I'm not one of them. I'm not the best trader. I'm really not. I can identify trades that will make my team better. I can occasionally propose a good trade here or there, but I'm not going to sit here. I, I see some people just the masterminds, right? If I make this trade to this guy and then I get this piece and then I can move that to this guy for this guy. and that, You know, I'm not that guy. <laughs> That's not me. 
So I'm going to build my team through quality drafting in rookie drafts, acknowledging that I'm not going to hit every time. You can't. Nobody can. So that's the key. That's the key. And looking in that three-year window, not just this year. You want to be, you know, you obviously don't want to only think about the future. You want to be concerned with the present, but you also have to think about, like, where is this team going to be next year or the year after? You don't really want to ever get to a rebuild situation because it's it's so hard to rebuild a dynasty team. Because think about it, how many picks do you have each year? You know, you don't have a redraft every, every year. Heck, you don't even have, like, a keeper league draft. You have five or six picks. Maybe you have some free agents in that draft. I don't like that. I, I like the free agents to actually to have a fab run, but it is what it is. Either way, you don't have a lot of opportunity to turn your roster over once the Dynasty League gets going. So that's the main point. Draft for the best possible player, not for your needs. By drafting for your needs, you're likely to create a situation where then you continue to have to draft for your needs, which is not good for business. So this year, there are three elite Dynasty rookie prospects in non-Superflex uh, uh, 2 quarterback leagues. So one quarterback league, these are the three. Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals, Kyle Pitts, Atlanta Falcons. Those are the three. And that's my order, but I'm not going to argue with you if you say I'm taking Pitts ahead of Chase. I'm not going to argue with you. I think, you know, if you look at my draft board, which you can get over at ftnfantasy.com, I actually have them side by side on the draft board. I'm not going to argue with you. Not going to argue with you at all. Me, I'm I'm taking Chase ahead of Pitts, but it is razor thin. It's razor thin. Not going to argue with you. Not going to talk you out of it. However, if you said I'm taking Chase or Pitts ahead of Harris, I might try and talk you out of that because I do think just the scarcity of the position and the fact that unlike tight end, which is also a scarce position, you're only starting one tight end, but you're starting two running backs plus a flex who could very well be a running back. Having Harris is going to be really valuable right from the gate. And I can see a scenario within a couple years where Harris is talked about as one of the top fantasy running backs. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened as early as next year. Like, I'm talking top three. Like, that's the ceiling for this kid. So those are the elite options. Now, in a super flex, I would go four, five, six on those guys, and I would be taking Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields ahead of them. That's it, though, in a super flex two-quarterback league. In terms of my next tier, so that's the top tier elite guys. The next tier I call high ceiling long-term options, and they're actually, I go from 4 to 11 here. It's Travis Etienne, Devontae Smith, Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Sermon, Trey Lance. Now, let me unpack this. Lawrence and, and Lance, as I said, are number one and number two in Superflex for me. And I really wouldn't, if you really wanted to draft Lance first overall, I wouldn't talk you out of that either. I have it, Lawrence, but again, not that not that far away. Now, what is interesting here, though, is these guys have first-round grades in a one-quarterback league for me. First-round grades in a one-quarterback league. That means that these guys right here, that's probably the first time I've done that since Andrew Luck, RG3. You know, occasionally I'll have a first round grade on a guy. Kyler Murray was one of those guys. But more often than not, these guys get pushed down the board a little bit, you know, and, and you're not really prioritizing them as much in one quarterback leagues. This year, though, that's how good these guys are. Now, ETN, I know he's a little bit polarizing. I think he is going to be the top option there. I know there's a lot of James Robinson truthers, but why would you draft a running back in the first round? You know, 
Just saying. Why would you do that? New regime. I think him and Javante Williams, like they're almost reversible with Smith right there. It's like almost a mini tier of the next three guys. And I do have Smith ahead of Waddle because I think Waddle Waddle's really appealing, but he's, you know, is he the number three target? If we're lucky, Smith could be the number one target right out of the gate. And he's really stinking good. Uh, Elijah Moore's in a good spot with the Jets. And then I have Trey Sermon as one of the biggest risers. He landed in the absolute perfect situation for his skill set. And he could be the running back down the stretch. He could be this year's guy. Like, every year there's that running back who takes over over the second half. Like, we know Harris is going to be good. And we figure Etienne and Williams are in a pretty good spot, too, whether it happens in 2021 or not. And that's the question. But Sermon, think about it. Raheem Mostert gets hurt all the time. Jeff Wilson, not the picture of health either. And not actually... You know, he plays with, with such intensity and such a chip on his shoulder, but from an overall pedigree standpoint, not even close to Trey Sermon. I think Sermon's super interesting. Now, the next group for me, and we're not even out of the first round yet, and we're already listening to the title of the tier, question mark high ceiling options. So we already have question marks, big ones, by the end of the first round. I'll roll through this. This goes 12 through 21. Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Michael Carter, Ron Dalemore, Kadarius, Tony, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Justin Fields, Kenny Gainwell, Amari Rogers, Josh Palmer. Question marks with all of these guys for a variety of reasons. Bateman, because he lands in a super run-heavy offense. It was a terrible landing spot for him. I'm sorry, but it is. Terrace Marshall, because of the health. I do actually like the landing spot for him, especially because Robbie Anderson is going to be a free agent after this year. Carter, the question mark, isn't really opportunity because there's plenty of it. It's can he be more than a Giovanni Bernard, Duke Johnson type? Can he be an Austin Eckler? Rondale Moore, pretty buried there in Arizona, though. Love the, the fit for him. Kadarius Toney, a little bit buried, but you know, love the upside with him with the Giants. Amal Ross St. Brown, not buried at all, but you know, how much can he do? I think there's some questions there. I, I like some of the things that I saw at USC for sure. He's a dog after the after the catch. He is not the the most, you know, he's not the fastest, not the most athletic. He's a good football player, though, and it's a great landing spot. So, you know, he's a second-round rookie pick. Justin Fields. Um, I'm not willing to go first round or even, you know, he's a mid-second-round pick in one-quarterback leagues, although I do have him third overall in Superflex. I think his game is tailor-made for the pro level. I think it's going to take a little bit more time for him to develop than the top two options. Kenny Gainwell is really likely to be the Naeem Hines in that backfield, which is still fine. He could still be a you know, top 30 guy, maybe even top 25 guy when it's all said and done when he starts to peak. Mari Rogers, not exactly the wideout I thought Green Bay would go after, but the bigger question there is the other Rogers, Aaron, uh, right now. And then finally, Josh Palmer. I, I guess, you know, so we know he's a deep threat. We know he could very likely be the immediate number three. And then Mike Williams, does the team, you know, re-sign Mike Williams? If they don't, Josh Palmer could end up being one of the better values in this year's class. Um, so then that gets us to, hey, we're at we're at number 22 in my rankings, and I'm already calling it middle round darts. So, yeah. So there's a lot of them, though. Chuba Hubbard, Nick, Nico Collins, Zach Wilson, Diami Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, Dwayne Eskridge, Tylen Wallace, Anthony Schwartz, Pat Fryermuth, Tutu Atwell, Kylan Hill, Jamar Jefferson, Jacob Harris, Mac Jones, Brevin Jordan, 
Javian Hawk and Seth Williams. All right, so lots of darts here. You have like, you know, Chuba Hubbard, for example. We'll go through the running backs here. Chuba Hubbard, likely a handcuff to Christian McCaffrey, which is a valuable spot, but not much of a role, at least out of the gate, and maybe ever. Ramondre Stevenson could have a little bit of a role in that backfield. Got a little Garrett Blunt to his game, to be honest with you, but it does seem like, you know, there's a crowded house there. Khalil Herbert steps into a play a depth chart that isn't very crowded. I mean, he could end up being a handcuff there to David Montgomery because it's not going to be Tariq Cohen. He's just a passing down option. Elijah Mitchell, I love Elijah Mitchell, but I also said that, you know, Trey Sermon. So, you know, there's a little bit of a block pathway for him. It actually does have like a little bit of Matt Breda to him, so I could see that fitting in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Kylan Hill goes to Green Bay, where he'll be pretty buried. Jamar Jefferson, limited athlete, goes to Detroit. Actually, Jamar Jefferson and Jamal Williams, kind of similar to me in some ways, now that I think about it. Uh, Javian Hawkins, I know a lot of people think he'll be this year's James uh, Robinson, but Javian Hawkins is more like uh, Naeem Hines, Tariq Cohen player, so I doubt that, but there's some appeal to him. He's super fun to watch, so... Those are all the running backs in this tier. In terms of quarterbacks, I have Zach Wilson right at the back end. Like He's a second, third round turn guy. He'll have the opportunity to start out of the gate, but he just doesn't have as much of a ceiling as the uh, the other three ahead of him. And I also have Mac Jones at uh, the beginning of the fourth round, which I think is fair for him. He could be If he ends up being Kirk Cousins plus, then that's a fine place to take him in a one-quarterback league. In two quarterbacks, I have Zach Wilson seven. So he's a mid-first rounder. I have Mac Jones 13. So he is uh, an early second rounder for me. So far as the wideouts are concerned, Nico Collins is in a good spot in Houston, but I mean, at least from a, a depth chart standpoint, but who the heck is going to be his quarterback? Diami Brown. Actually, really like Diami Brown. Now that I'm thinking about him, too. So he comes in, you know, you think of him as like a nine, uh, nine route type guy, like downfield type guy. You know, and maybe not the most versatile. Well, I, I almost felt like a, the same way about Terry McLaurin coming in. I'm not saying they're the exact same player or anything, but it is interesting that they draft another guy with that type of skill set coming into the college level. And he's super athletic, too. Dwayne Eskridge, speaking of athletic, but he's older for dynasty purposes. So just remember that. Tylen Wallace has the problem of landing with the Ravens. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz, I use the old air quotes when I say wide receiver because he's still so unpolished, but he's the fastest player in this year's draft. Uh, Tutu Atwell's fast in his own right. I actually have him and Jacob Harris back-to-back, and I'm actually warming on Jacob Harris. He's not – I mean, he caught 49 balls over the last two years. He's he's very green, but he is big, and he is very fast, and he adds an element to that offense that we just haven't seen, plus Matthew Stafford. He's interesting. He could be the Chase Claypool of this year's class. Um, let's see who else have I, did I miss anybody? Uh, Seth Williams too. Seth Williams, Denver, he's buried there. Him and Nico Collins were like the two, two of the bigger body guys who were kind of interesting along with Jacob Harris. So two tight ends in this, um, this group here, Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan. I'm not really prioritizing tight ends if I don't get pits this year. So I'm only looking to grab those guys at value. Uh, otherwise, no thank you. Out of the late round, guys, so, you know, fifth and sixth rounds, just toss darts for upside. I mean, these tiers are over at ftnfantasy.com. If I was going to draft any tight ends in this range, it would be Hunter Long or Noah Gray. I could see a six-round pick on Noah Gray all day long. You're going you're gonna to sit on Noah Gray for like two or three years, though, so it has to be a deep dynasty league because he's not going to get any work with Travis Kelsey there, but Travis, Travis Kelsey's 32 years old. 
If I'm going to draft any quarterback beyond the top five, it's Kellen Mond, and that's it. I'm not drafting any of the other quarterbacks. I would draft Kellen Mond 22nd overall in a two-quarterback league. That's right. Back-end second-round pick. I have him uh, as a back-end fourth-round pick in, you know, fourth, fifth-round turn, right around there, in one quarterback. He could take over. Maybe he doesn't. You're not spending much on him, though, in this range. Uh, at running back, the running backs who I'd probably be targeting late, um, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to take a shot on the Nwangwu funks of the world, the athletic guys. I think the probably the most appealing would be Jarrett Patterson. Uh, he's you know he's a little bit buried in the Washington depth chart, but he could win the number three job. I, I might take a shot on Stevie Scott late as well. He is in New Orleans. He's a bigger body guy, and Latavius Murray's 31 years old, so I, I would take a shot on him. Maybe Chris Evans, who's with Cincinnati. As far as the wideouts are concerned, I mean, I'm drafting for ceiling, so <clears throat> realizing that a lot of these guys won't have an opportunity right away. Jalen Darden doesn't have an opportunity right away, but he has a high ceiling. Simi Fajoko in Dallas. Darden, by the way, is in Tampa. He's interesting. Simi Fajoko is the Jeff Johannes of this year's draft class in a lot of ways, except he didn't go to a small school. He went to Stanford. But I, I would look at him. I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, you know, have some upside, but you're really just going to have to fr- throw some darts. And ideally, we're still dra- drafting off our top 40 in the fifth and sixth rounds as opposed to, you know, getting down this far. But if you want these rankings, you can get them over at ftnfantasy.com. Also, keep in mind that a lot of your opponents will be using free rankings against you, so you can use that for advantage. Uh, knowing the rankings that they're going to use, you know the players they're going to go after, which, uh, you know, take a look at the free rankings out there and see how uh, the rankings you're using differ. There you go. FTNFantasy.com, promo code RATPACK. Of course, I'm at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. And that is going to do it for the Rookie Review. We'll be back with another edition of the pod soon. So I will catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.